0: On our summer series on the Psalms, looking at Psalms. We're almost declaring that it's still the summer. Uh, Winter has to come, autumn has to come, it's still the summer. And uh, we, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at our favourite Psalms. And uh, we're going to look at Psalm 103 today. And I don't know about you, but I think that Christian life is, is a battle and a blessing. It's a battle and a blessing. Battle and a blessing. Battle and a blessing. Battle and a blessing. It's like this train. It's a battle and a blessing. A battle and a blessing. And I, I could go on. <laughs> 20 minutes. Um, when we're in a battle, uh, it's sometimes hard that it never, never comes to an end. And when we're in a period of blessing, we sometimes we, we expect it's just going to go on and on and on forever. But life, as you know, uh, it's not like that uh, there are battles and blessings battles and blessings uh, Rick Warren, a famous pastor from the States he, he used to think that the Christian life was this succession of battles and then blessings and then a battle and then a blessing um, and he sort of changed his mind on that uh, whereas now he thinks life's a bit on these two tracks battle and the blessings and at, every, and at any given moment we can be in a a period of blessing and a period of battle. We also face battles in our lives and also receive blessings. And he gives um, this example in his his book, famous book, The Purpose Driven Life. Uh, It is the fastest growing Christian book of all time, apart from the Bible. The fastest growing Christian book, The Purpose Driven Life. Many of us have received it, many of us have read it, it's called today, it's brilliant, really, really good. Um, and it's, it's had enormous influence globally. Um, and on one track for, for Rick, on his bank account, it was an enormous blessing. But then he, he talks about his wife, at the same time as he released that book, his wife was diagnosed with cancer. And so on one track of his life, there was a huge blessing. But another track of his life, there was this massive battle to face for him, his family, his wife, and uh, so what I kind of want to talk about today is how do we steer our lives through this period of battle and blessing. Battle and blessing. Battle and blessing. Um, I've only got one point as well, which will probably please you. Um, I'm going to kind of... I've been on holiday, so at Gatwick, they kind of circle around before coming to land. I'm going to say one point, but I'm going to sort of circle <laughs> around... London, while we get to learn. And the point is this: how do we, how do we steer through life's battles and blessings? Number one, the only point I've got, um, is, uh, is to remember and thank God for all His benefits. So, how to steer through life, through the battle and blessings, is to remember to thank God for all of His benefits. So. Um, We're going to read uh, Psalm 103, and I'm going to read it from the Message translation. Sometimes when we read Scripture, we feel like we've read it time and time again. Sometimes having a different version helps us to connect with what God's saying, or the the, the thought of God, in a a different way. So I'm going to read from uh, Psalm 103, from the Message. So so it says, O my soul, bless God. From head to toe, I'll bless God. I'll bless his holy name. Oh my soul, bless God. Don't forget a single blessing. He forgives your sins, everyone. He heals your diseases, everyone. He redeems you from health, saves your life. And he crowns you with love and mercy. I love this, a paradise crown. He wraps you in goodness, you to eternity. And he renews you in youth. This is what I love here. You're always young in his presence. Come on. I'll say that. Uh, that. God makes everything come out right. He puts victims back on their feet. He showed Moses how he went about his work. Opened up all his plans to all of Israel. God is sheer mercy and grace. Not easily angered. He's rich in love. He doesn't endlessly nag or scold nor hold, hold grudges forever. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve nor pay us back and fall for our wrongs. As high as heaven is above over the earth, so strong is his love for those who fear him. And as far as the sun rises from sunset, he has separated us from our sins. As parents feel for their children, God feels for those who fear him. He knows us inside out, keeps us in mind when we are made out much. Men and women, don't live very long. Like wildflowers that spring up and blossom, but a storm snuffs them out just as quickly, leaving nothing to show uh, they were here. God's love though is ever and always eternally present to all who fear him, making everything right for them as uh, as their children as they follow his covenant ways and remember to do whatever he said. Okay, that's what we got. So, uh, the last couple of weeks, for many of us, we, we can say, yes, yeah, Steve, my life's been, I've been tethering the battle of blessing. Or, actually, the last couple of weeks have been more of a battle. Um, but God's been doing something, he, he's been blessing other people as well. Last Friday, just before we went to David's tent, we have a, we have a, a morning prayer meeting uh, over in Cafe Nero. Uh, this was the the psalm that we wanted to pray over this uh, uh, for us and we've been hearing all kinds of things going on going on with, with our jobs in relationships uh, people are ill people are sick and uh, we just felt like God was saying just pray over this psalm and so we took each verse and we just began praying over the psalm. Uh, what we did though is we started up thanking God first. We started off thanking God for what he was doing, rather than concentrating on the, the stuff of life, the stickiness and the, the batters, the, the things that weren't going, going well. We, we concentrated first on thanking God. And it, in that place of thankfulness it helped us to sort of springboard our prayers. We're all looking for shortcuts. Aren't we? We're all looking for hacks. Or ways to do things better, faster, cheaper. Uh, at work, we try to streamline pro- productivity. We try to think about our outcome, how to make our customers or our clients or our, uh, our students uh, more engaged. We try, to, we try to do things quickly, cheaper and easier. Uh, I want to give you a password uh, today. I want to give you this, like, this top tip, this hack, this shortcut of how you can get into God's presence quicker. Um, and it's thankfulness. Remember, my, my only point today is remember that God, remember to thank God for all of his, uh, all of his benefits. What we've noticed is as we begin to thank God, it, things happen. As we begin to thank God, to kind of forget about some of the things that are going on, just thank God for what he is doing. It's almost like this springboard. It's like a catalyst to, into into God's presence. And there is so much to praise God for. David here, he he appears to almost speaking about himself and urging himself. Lots of times he's saying, oh my soul. He's speaking to himself. So in verse 1 and 2, it says, oh my soul, bless God, from my head to my toe, I'll bless, I'll thank God, I'll bless his holy name. Oh my soul, he's speaking to himself again, bless God. And my soul, don't forget a single blessing of what God's done. But for many of us, we know the life of David. He clearly faced many troubles in his life, didn't he? Sin, uh, disease, and the pit. And in verse 34, it describes his life. But yet he he almost begins this psalm with praise and he thanks God for his benefit. Um he so talk about forgiveness. Um, uh, forgiveness. He says in verse 3, He forgives your sins. Uh, This week, I had the privilege of meeting someone who wanted to confess his sins to me. um, uh, If I was a member of the clergy or a member of the Catholic Church, I'd be in a sort of enclosed room. Uh, But we met at Victoria Station, so Frankie and Benny's was the... (laughs) only some appropriate place. Uh, we, we looked at Costa, but it was, it was too public, and he wanted something a bit more private. So we ended up in Frankie and Benny's in, in the booth. And he just confessed, about like, ten years of stuff and sin and grime that he's, he's been involved with. And it was awesome just seeing, as he began to confess and tell me some of the stuff that he was, he, he had been doing, he wanted to do, and he things that he'd messed up in his life, you could just begin to see the the stuff that he was carrying just begin to drip off as he, for the first time, began to talk about the stuff he'd been doing for 10 years. Um, And he said to me, do you think I'm demonized? Do you think I've got a demon? And um, I said, well, I'm not sure I believe in sort of possession, like someone can be possessed totally, totally by a demon or a devil, but I believe there are sort of incremental stages where you can be, I guess, demonized, where if you're, if you've been involved in lots and lots and lots of things in your life, the devil, then the Bible talks about the devil having this foothold in your life, you imagine a door, you can't quite close the door because there's this thing in the way, Uh, sometimes it's fear that gets in the way, sometimes it's just sexual sin gets in the way. Sometimes it's uh, anger or hatred or jealousy that gets in the way. Uh, and so what we want to do is help people to take that, take that foothold away. And for some people, so he said to me, do you think, I, do you think I'm under the influence of a, of a demon? I said, well, probably, if you've been involved in this for 10 years, there's probably something now, it would be ludicrous to say, Like, there's no such thing as a a devil. Uh, Just as equally it would be ludicrous to say, in everything there's a devil. Like, you look under here, there it is. Um, I think there's some some balance there. But one of the ways to get free is forgiveness. One of the ways is to ask God for forgiveness, and to then to forgive yourself. And so, as David here, he says he forgives us, he forgives all of our sins. And in verse 3 it says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve. He mm. doesn't repay us from all the things that we've done there. I think our near But he says, as far as the east is from the west, I love that. As far as the sunset is from the sunrise, mm. God has removed our transgressions. He's removed our sins away from mm. us. And the next thing that, that God does is He provides healing. And it says that God heals your diseases. And one day, just like we will all be completely free of sin in our lives, one day we'll be completely free of sickness, illness, injury, disease, cancer. One day we will be. And we, start, we see these signs of this now, don't we? We see these signs of healing now today. Signs that God will heal us ultimately one day. I remember we were in um, market somewhere. And uh, a guy came, came up and uh, we were just passing this guy. And he, he had bad knee problems. Uh, and he was limping. And uh, I was feeling quite zealous and passionate. And I said, can I pray for you? I'd love to pray for you. I believe that God, God that heals you. And uh, I realized that he didn't speak a word of English. And so his mom and his daughter came along. And I said, would you translate? Because I'm a believer in Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. I believe that God wants to heal us, This man, this knee, knee pain. And so she, she began translating. And I believe that whenever we pray, something happens. Whenever we pray, something happens. If you look at the life of Jesus, whenever people came to Jesus, encountered Jesus, they were healed. Whenever someone came to Jesus, they were healed. And so what we want to try and do is help people encounter Jesus. We want to just help people encounter Jesus. So I was I was on my knees, praying for this guy, guy's knees. His daughter was translating and um, uh, just began praying against the pain in this, in this gentleman's knee. And, us, and the, the lady was translating, I whispering to his knee and whispering to him, saying, <laughs> it's too late. Once you've had an encounter with Jesus, it's too late. And his, and his daughter was trying to listen in. Like, what do you say? But I was like, it's too late. It's too late. Uh, whenever you pray for someone, just something happens. Something always happens. And so we got him to test his knee, And amazingly, God healed him. There and then. Um, it was amazing. He was a, uh, his whole family were Muslims. And I just left it with them saying, you may believe that Jesus is just a prophet, but it's more than that. It's it's much more than than that. So you might have to think about your theology. You might have to think, really shift what you believe about Jesus, because the creator God has just healed you. And it's too late. Too late. Brilliant. Uh, So God heals. There's a God that heals. Uh, And that whole, the next thing is about redemption. In verse 4, it says, God redeems our life from the pit. There is no pit so deep that God's redemption cannot go down. And so as we're in Franklin Benning's, I said to this guy, I said, how how deep do you want to be in this pit? How far down do you want to go? Uh, Because there's no ladder long enough. Uh, there's no sorry. There's no pit deep enough that Jesus' ladder can't come down. Uh, wherever you go, Jesus will come down. He loves to get his feet dirty. He'll come down to the pit. And so, he we decided, and he decided that the pit was really he'd gone really really low. And uh, the promises of God that he had for this man like 15 years ago. This this guy thought he was going to be um, an amazing worship leader. He was going to be, uh, he wanted to be a missionary abroad, and just a succession of can I say cock-ups? <laughs> I, I say <laughs> a succession of some, some would say mistakes, but I think, and he would say it's not a mistake he chose to do that, he just started digging this hole, and he was digging and digging and digging, and even a week ago he just dug, he, dug, he dug down a bit more What I've noticed is that Jesus, he he goes as far, he goes with you. Um, I said to him, it's almost like Jesus is kneeling down, wanting to give you a bunk up. Wanting to just, come on, I can help you, give you a, a lift up. There's no, there's no pit that, that Jesus can't go down. And, uh, and in verse 4, he talks about his love. That Jesus, he, he crowns us with love and compassion crowns us with love and compassion. So we wear a crown of love, we wear a crown of compassion. So therefore, like people saying no earlier, our response is, well, how can we show God's love and compassion? We, we, our church, we just want to be the best church for the community. We want to, we want to help the community know that God is a God of love and compassion. Okay. Uh, let's move on. I want to tell you a story about Duane. Uh, in our BBC community this week, our uh, Alice, she posted a video about this, uh, this pastor in the States. Um, he was called by God to minister. He was called by God to lead, to cast vision. And then one day, he got the flu. Uh, kind of a virus. And uh, he was preaching that morning. And they, got a few, they had a few services that morning uh, and during the day. He got up to preach the first service. Felt really, really rough. The second service came in the morning. And uh, he was just feeling really, really bad, really worse. Well, that evening, his throat was tense and, and the flu was, was bad. Uh, us guys, we get man flu really badly. We, um, uh, <laughs> the last few days, I've had man, I've had man flu. And we, we get a lot worse than women. Um, <laughs> we definitely, definitely, it like, hits us a lot harder. But that evening, he just told, he told the other leaders, do you know what, I, can't, I just can't preach. I just can't do this. You're going to have to take over. And what happened, um, this flu virus just began attacking his vocal cords. And it was really unusual. He saw over a couple of years, he saw hundreds of doctors to diagnose him. They just couldn't figure out what was going on. And it damaged the nerve tissue in his vocal cords. And, and he described it as like someone was choking his throat. Someone was holding his throat. And it was the worst case of laryngitis. The and there's non-stop pressure on his throat. And so, uh, I, don't know, I don't know how he felt, but as a, as a pastor of a church, your voice is quite important. Um, and so he struggled preaching, struggled talking, um, in any kind of leadership world, whether it's in a church or whether you're leading people, leading teams, your voice is really, really important. And Viv and I, we, uh, we're leading this church. It's one of, our main, one, of, one of the main things we do is preach. We, we want to sort of cast vision and culture and develop new leaders, but I don't know what I'd do without my voice. If, I, if I'd lost my voice, I'm not sure I'd be any use. Of you, thank you. <laughs> So, uh, so Dwayne, Dwayne and his family, Pastor Dwayne, he moved his family away and spent um, sort of retrained. His, his wife got a new job, uh, depression, struggles, stress, anxiety, fear, all of those kind of things. Do you know pastors are normal people? No. Do, you know, do you know that <laughs> they've still got issues. Um, I still get shocked if I'm walking around balance. and say, oh, hello, Pastor Steve. <laughs> um, uh, so we're human. We're human, just like you. Um, uh, they joined a big church, a big Baptist church, and one morning as he arrived, he was asked to speak, to lead that Bible study. And he said, no, 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 you know my story. Yeah, I, can't, I can't speak. And so they mic'd him up to this, uh, to this special mic. Uh, we're going to hear it. We're going to hear, hear his talk. Um, some, and again, his theology was that God, God forgives, definitely. He always forgives. But his theology was that God doesn't always heal. His mind doesn't always heal. I don't agree with his theology about it's, God's got this roulette that Sometimes he heals, sometimes he doesn't. I believe God's heart always wants him to heal. He's always wanting to heal. It's part of why Jesus died on the cross. because He wants to heal. He always wants to heal. So you're going to hear, hear him talk sort of theologically, which I'm not sure I agree with, but it's an awesome, it's an awesome video. So let's watch Pastor, du, Pastor Dwayne Miller. So when the psalmist writes, and he heals all of my diseases, let me say to you that I believe God still heals. That hasn't ended. That is not over. And you have to be careful on how you do this. Because there are folks who carry things to an excess and it becomes a show. And God has never intended that that be what it is. God heals in his sovereign will. I don't know why God does things that he does, but I know that he does. And the only thing he requires of me is to allow him to be God and me to be me and let it be. To say that every single person will always be healed because Jesus died on the cross is a misinterpretation of scripture. Not true. Won't work. Isaiah 53 doesn't talk about physical healing. I'm sorry. That's just not the context. a misinterpretation of scripture. That's wrong. On the other hand, to say that since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in a box both ways. and He doesn't want to be in the box. So, the psalmist says I'm excited. Bless the Lord, O my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And in verse 4 he says, And he redeems my life from the pit. Now, I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had and you have had in times past pit experiences. We've both had, we've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave, And we didn't have an answer for the bit we find ourselves in. And I don't understand this right now. I'm moment I'm not quite sure what to say or do Sounds funny to say a loss for words. the irony of God, I can't can't preach on this, look at my voice. And as he's talking about it, God heals him. It's amazing. I love those surprises. And he describes later that every time he said the word "pit," all of a sudden that pressure around his vocal cords just was released. And uh, the story is, he he went back into ministry, Uh, he then travelled about Talking about that experience like, that God did, and he even wrote a book about all that God did. Jesus has got this habit of smashing through our boxes. He's smashing through our theology. Uh, he's, even though we've got different ways of thinking, different the- theology, Jesus' has got this habit of smashing through. And then I don't know about you, there's something powerful whenever we hear a miracle. Experience, see it, or someone talks about it. Something rises up within me. I, like, I don't mean so, some kind of faith rises up within me. And one of the one of the ways, if we're going through a battle, is to just thank God for what He's doing for other people. One of the you know, if you want a shortcut, begin thanking God for what for the healing He's given to someone else, even though you yourself might be struggling in that area. He heals. The psalm Psalms David He heals all my diseases. Mm-hmm. And maybe today you need a, a miracle working God. Maybe today. I'm not trying to get all emotional, but maybe today you need the miracle working God in your life. Um, how many of you think God is big enough to do a miracle? Mm-hmm. How many wait, you need a hero How many of you think God's big enough? Yes. Um, and we want to pray, we want to pray for anyone who needs a miracle. But right now, I just I felt I felt God say, like He wants to hone in on people's voices, uh, where your voice has been contested, or it might be physically this is the case. Um, so the last three or four days, my voice, my throat has been tight. Uh, t- I've been sucking on lockets. and um, I've, I've been hit hard with man um <laughs> Uh, I felt, as though God was saying, that he wanted to do a work for people whether physically you've got issues with your your voice. Uh, But also, um, where others have squashed your voice, where other leaders or managers or even pastors have just squashed your voice, tried to impose their power or dominance on you. And so you've you've lost your voice in different situations, whether it's in your family, whether it's at work, uh, or or various various experiences. If that's you, would you stand? If that's you, would you just stand if you've got issues with your voice or you've all got to uh, do something with your voice? Phrase here that the the awesome's in the awkward, and so this is one of these sort of awkward moments. Everyone's a little bit uncomfortable, <laughs> but time and time again, I've seen God move the, during these awkward moments, and He displays His um, His real power. Um, if you love Jesus and you've got a heart. You're included in this time now. So just, have I got a heartbeat? Do I love Jesus? If, if both of them are lonely, yes, you're included now. What we'd love to do is just prefer these people, amazing people who've stood now. So just if there are people near, near you who are standing, just put your hand um, uh, just to, and begin praying for them.